It's the playoffs, and you're in the trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics, here at our studios as always. Brian Callahan has orchestrated a very, very effective offensive performance. It's been explosive. It's been efficient. It's been Joe Burrow-led. A lot of good things right there. Brian Callahan is going to tell us about what he thinks of the season, what he thinks of the upcoming playoffs, and so much more. Also, he's got a dad, Bill, offensive line coach up in Cleveland. He's been a head coach in the NFL. One of the best offensive line coaches to ever coach in the NFL. I think I'd talk to him about the Baltimore Ravens, common division opponent, wouldn't you? Thanks for joining us in the trenches with Dave Lappin brought to you by First Star Logistics. And we've got a special guest, very special guest for you. Earlier in the week, I called him the maestro of the offense, and I'm going to do it again. This is the maestro. This is the guy. This is the guy that puts it all together with the with the formation diversity, the motion, all the good stuff. And he's been very creative. And uh, the, the Bengals offense has been phenomenal this year. Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. Appreciate you, Coach. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Always good to come on. You know, the thing that impresses me most about this offensive football team is when you're given the opportunities to be explosive, you are. But when you have to be efficient and go on 15, 17 play drives like you've had to do, you do that too. That's rare for an offensive football team to be able to do both as well as you can do it. Well, the NFL requires you to win a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, thankfully for us, we've got really explosive players that when given chances to get one-on-one matchups and, and go win against um, somebody that we feel like they're better than, uh, they all can go do that uh, really to a man across the board on, on our uh, offensive skill group. And then when we've had to run the ball uh, and close out some games and we've had to run the ball to be efficient, uh, and when teams keep playing us in in two high shells and um, soft zone coverages, it's allowed us to uh, find some yards in the rush in the run game. And then uh, we've been patient in the pass game. A lot of that credit goes to to Joe Burrow and his ability to understand what type of game it's going to be and how he needs to play for us to have success moving down the field. And um, that's definitely one of the things that we've excelled at this year is winning a lot of different ways, uh, whatever the game's required of us to to execute. We've been able to execute. It's a it's um, it's rare. You don't always get to choose that, but uh, thankfully we have, we've been able to play that way. Coach, if I can take you back to, to Monday night, um, you know, just for a little bit here, that was, that was surreal. And there's no question about it. It was a traumatic uh, experience for everybody. And I remember going out into the, into the hallway out of our broadcast booth. And I remember seeing yourself and Duff and you guys were in the same scenario. I was on like, What's going on? I mean, we, we really don't have access to any information, and it doesn't look like it's good. And I mean, it was just such a very confusing, emotional, emotional time. What was that like for you on Monday night, and and what was the week like for you this past week? You know, getting over that. Uh, Monday night was was um, a, a night that I hope that none of us ever have to uh, participate in again in that particular situation. That was yeah. uh, it was really a pretty pretty scary event. Um, and obviously it makes it a lot easier now to look back knowing that uh, DeMar Hamlin has, has made a, a pretty nice recovery thus far and, and seems to be on track to uh, make a whatever that full recovery means from all that. But 
seems like he's in a really good place. And so that makes it easier to process. Obviously, if, if it went a different way, it'd be a lot harder, a lot heavier uh, than it already was. And uh, it was just very strange being up in the box, just like you. There wasn't any information for us. Yeah. Because everything was just over the headsets. And really, once everything happened, most of our guys' headsets were all off anyway. There wasn't much conversation. We were just sort of waiting and then um, finally made our way back down to the locker room to see what the uh, what the end result was going to be of the night and what we're going to do moving forward. And um, I thought Zach handled it um, with incredible uh, integrity and class. I mean, just all the, the ways that he communicated with the Bills and, and our players. And then obviously our players did a great job, um, you know, understanding the gravity of the situation and, and knowing uh, that it was really impossible to play that game. And, and they did a great job communicating to the Bills players and, and supporting those guys. And, um, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a moment of, of darkness that lets you see a lot of light from a lot of people. And I think that uh, that was really pretty cool. And, and again, the, the week was hard. It was, it was a heavy week. I would say that, you know, we probably didn't feel even really normal at all at any point during the week. Um, our guys sort of to start to feel back to normal, probably by, you know, Thursday afternoon, Friday, hmm. uh, even pregame warmups was strange, you know, it just felt weird. Um, and it, you know, again, thankfully that Demara is, is doing well, that helped guys kind of move past it. Um, and, and start looking forward to the game. But uh, it was a really strange week that uh, I hope to never have to do again. Yeah, just watching everybody, even uh, in pregame warmups, like you said, it looked uh, in the locker room. Uh, as I went through the locker room, it was it was just there was a different air about it, you know, just a different uh, mojo, and yeah. totally understandable. And the one thing though that that was uh, that was impressive, the crowd on Monday night was as electric and as it looked like a, a Super Bowl event to me with the light yeah. show and everything. It was crazy. And and they're at this all-time high. I mean, a, a peak of emotion high and then to dead silence and stunned. And and what a what a high and low experience of life that was. So that was Monday night. But then the following week, the Ravens come to Cincinnati. It's a no contest Monday night. They're not going to make that football game up. And, and the Ravens come to town. And, and the fans are excited because – they're watching football. They're getting entertained by the by the Bengals and the, the team they love and the Bengals players and coaches. You guys are excited because you're doing what you love to do, you know. And but it, and it's just everybody was just kind of waiting for it to happen again, you know. It, it was it was just so weird, but it was good to get back to it again, wasn't it? You know, I think anybody who who goes through traumatic events and processes those things uh, tries to return to normal as quickly as possible, so you can get back into the groove of your everyday th- everyday. Uh, routines to to move move forward from from the events, and I think that getting back on the field, playing football again, was a great way for our guys to um, you know start to move move forward and know that we got some really important games obviously coming up here with the playoffs starting, and um, you know certainly it helped that that everyone knew that that Demar was going to be okay, um, and that's that that helped everybody I think get to the point where they could go play football again. Um, but I do want to say what a what an incredible. Um, response from the city of Cincinnati, uh, our fans and the, and the people, um, the, the love that was shown for him, for our team, for the guys that are on our roster, um, T. Higgins in particular, uh, obviously yeah. got a lot of, um, you know, love shown his way for, for that event. And, uh, and then just the, the, what, a, what a response by our fans in, in, the, in the moment, the solemnness of the stadium, understanding what was happening there and a class that they acted with. And uh, just to see our community come together over something was, was really uh, an incredible positive and, and a pretty negative situation is just to see that sort of response from the from the people of Cincinnati it was it was awesome it makes you makes you fortunate to to live here in this city it's pretty great no question about it coach so 
let's talk about the the, the Ravens game, um, and and with with what happened in the Buffalo game, the no contest. You won the division because uh, they won on winning percentage, but there was no celebrations, no hats, no T-shirts. Baltimore yeah. comes to town. You want to beat the Ravens. You don't want to go to the coin flip crap <laughs> that they were talking about potentially. And you beat the Ravens, and the celebration in the locker room was a celebration for the body of work. 12-4, and four, AFC North champs, undisputed, the, the whole nine yards. What was that like after that football game against the Ravens? Um, it felt good. You know, I think you get a chance to celebrate your success, um, you know, the, to all the guys you work with and all the hours. And you know, we've been doing this since, since the end of July, so it's been a long run. And um, you get a moment to pause and reflect at the end of the regular season. You win a division championship, which uh, obviously is, is the first time it's, it's happened back to back. It just shows you how difficult the division is to win. We go up against really good teams uh, that are well coached. Uh, they got good players. I think, um, you know, we looked at the you look at the Pro Bowl roster. Not that that's the end all be all of, of what good play, what good players look like. But it gives you a, a little bit of a barometer. And you know, there's 14 Pro Bowlers from the AFC North, and that's the most wow. in any division. So. Wow. Uh, to, to win this division is is something that we're proud of and we don't take it for granted. And so to, to take a moment after that game, having beaten Baltimore, climbed from 0-3 in the division back to 3-3, and um, allowed us to to take a moment and celebrate. And our guys deserve that. We we all deserved it. Um, our fans deserve it. Uh, that's something to feel very proud of. That's something to celebrate. Um, and then, you know, once that, that evening's over, we recalibrate um, and get ready to go play Baltimore again in the playoffs. So uh, in, in, in the Baltimore game, um, you know, it, I guess, how, how difficult is it to play knowing that playing them to finish the regular season then might have them and do have them the very following week? I mean, how much do you hold back uh, as, as the game unfolds? Do you decide, eh, let's not uh, let's not throw this out here. Let's hold on to this. Maybe we can do this. Let's get a little more simple. Let's maybe not run as many formations, looks, and all that sort of thing. Um, it, it, do you, does, is that part of, the, part of the process as that game unfolds? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you obviously we were we were had some some you know we were we had to win that game, so we had to get get ourselves in position to win it because we didn't want to go to a coin toss. We still were in play potentially to, to play for the the two seed um, if New England had found a way to beat Buffalo, which for a while there was a pretty tight game. Um, yep. And so that you know you're still you're paying attention to that game to some degree and just aware that the score is what it is, and now you have a chance to uh, potentially be a two seed. So. You know, we're playing hard. We were playing to win. Um, I, you know, we felt like they were playing to win, too. Obviously, they, they set a couple guys that have been injured. But other than that, I mean, we played their whole defense outside of one guy. So um, they played the things they showed on tape. They played football the way we did. Obviously, when we went up 24 to 7 there um, right at the end of the half. And you, know, you come back out in the second half. And, yeah, now you're definitely, uh, as long as, you know, you got the win in, win in hand, um, you do have a, a – consideration to make on, on what what else you want to run in this game how aggressive do you want to be uh, do you want to show some of the things that you you might have had for the second half that um you know you're, you might be saving for the next week so that was certainly part of the process you know you you don't take the um the fact that you're playing them again uh, lightly it does matter and, and the fact that we had to win pretty much you know it wasn't fully over yet but we had the game in control uh we, we probably pulled back some on, on, on what we would do and show as the second half unfolded but um you know, yeah, we, we definitely have things that, that we would have run in that second half that we didn't uh, and some things that we feel good about for this next matchup. Love that. So your offensive line, I mean, you go through darn near the whole season and they're taking every snap next to each other and getting in the rhythm, the communication, the, the whole the whole nine yards. 
and, and then, you know, lose Collins. And then the very next week, Kappa suffers his injury. And uh, Ted Karras, I thought, was very classy, uh, praising Alex Kappa for this guy is like, he said, uh, from a communication standpoint, he's like another center out there. And, and that's big. That's going to be big this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Recognition and communication of things. So, you know, now you have identity out there at right tackle. Give us a little scouting report on, on Sharpen. You know, he's he's played a bunch of football. Um, he played for Houston for, I think he had 33 starts. So he's experienced. Um, he's got size and speed, size and power and strength. Um, he's done a nice job being here with us all year. He's he's well-versed in our scheme and our techniques and how we're supposed to run it. Um, did a nice job when he came in the game. And, and obviously, we're expecting him to step in um, and play well. And it's going to be hard to replace Kappa's level of play. I thought he was he was playing at, at, a, at almost a Pro Bowl level for for us, um, we got everything we could have ever asked for and hoped for uh, in his arrival here. He's been a great steadying force. He's tough. He's He's been a, a huge addition to, to our locker room and, and to that line. So um, to lose him potentially for a game or a few games would be is difficult. But we got that's why we have Max. That's why we claimed him uh, at training camp uh, was a chance to bring in some some improvement in our depth and, and let guys when in, injuries inevitably happen, uh, you have guys that can come step in and and play for you and play well enough to win. And I think that's that obviously that's our expectation with both Akeem uh, and Max playing over there. You're going to have to work through some things. There's two new guys playing next to each other. Uh, we'll have to rely on Ted's Ted's veteranness um, and his ability to communicate with those guys up front and um, and expect them to play well. And really, I mean, Duke Tobin, tip of the cap there. I mean, that's a great acquisition, uh, final cut down. And it's like an insurance policy because, you know, Max – second round pick and he's on a rookie contract there's a little little bit of dollars there uh to commit commit to to pick him up but they did and and that insurance policy uh may pay a dividend for you here that you didn't necessarily hope to have to cash in but now that it's it's upon you you do have a a a fine alternative right there yeah and i think that's you know like you said it's a tip tip of the cap to duke and our scouting staff of, of being on top of who is available and we're always looking to improve our team uh, at all points of the year that you're allowed to do it. And um, that was a, a, a signing that we felt like would improve our depth and improve our ability to continue to compete should we lose somebody uh, to injury. And, and thankfully, we didn't lose anybody until the very end of the year. Um, but but now that we're, we have them and we're expecting them to come play well for us, and I think he will. So the Baltimore Ravens, like you said, Coach, the only guy that didn't play was Peters. I mean, yeah. everybody in that front seven was playing. And they were playing. I mean, they were playing to win the football game. It's not like they were out there, you know, coasting and just trying to get the game over with. They were playing football. What is it about that Baltimore Raven defense that sticks out to you? Uh, just your traditional AFC North team. You know, they're uh, they're big and strong and physical. Uh, they're stout against the run. That's really what they've, they've always been. Um, you know, obviously the addition of Roquan Smith has really improved that linebacker position for them. Him and Patrick Queen are, are really, both of them are three down linebackers that play really good football. Um, they've always had good corners there with Marlon Humphrey and, and Marcus Peters. And their two safeties are, are, you know, two of the better safety safeties in the league with, um, you know, Chuck Clark and, and Marcus Williams. They, those guys are, are as, as good as they come. And they're stingy. They're third against the run in the league. They're 10th against the pass. They're third and third down. I mean, they're, they are the Baltimore Ravens and that's, those are the things that we compete with every every year, and which is why we say if we can win our division, we can beat anybody because we, we feel like we play um, some of the best teams twice a year, some of the best players twice a year. Uh, and, and if we can come out of this division on top, we feel like we can beat, beat anybody they put in front of us. And so 
uh, now we get to go play him a third time. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. The rubber match, right? You, you yeah. each have one, and now you get the, the rubber match. Um, the Baltimore Ravens' DNA is run the football and stop the run. That That's their uh, the beginning, uh, I, I guess, of their checkpoint list, you know, check, check. And they do it, and they do it well. I mean, their disparity, the di- differential between yards per game rushing and what they give up to the opponent is like about 70 yards, which is uh, uh, the best in the National Football League. Only one team has outrushed them in their uh, 17 games this year. It's Pittsburgh Steelers one game that they played, and the Steelers still rushed for 125 yards. Yep. Is, is that – is that a big thing uh, with going against the Baltimore Ravens? Not necessarily that you have to outrush them, but you have to make them respect your running game some? Yeah. I mean, that's that's all these teams in, in, in this league. You have to be able to run the ball enough so that they respect the fact that you can run it. Um, other than, otherwise, you're going to get all the resources devoted to the passing game, which uh, makes that a little bit harder. So you, you want to be able to keep them honest, be able to do some things that, you know, keeps them from being able to tee off on running pass and, and play a little bit more uh, true, true to technique and not necessarily, um, you know, playing pass all the time or on the flip side, playing run all the time where you can get, uh, so you, you have a chance to keep them, keep them balanced up. And, um, you know, they, they do a good job. It's, it's hard to run against them. Uh, they're stout and they're big and physical. They're hard to move the line of scrimmage. And, uh, you know, it's, we, we always have our work cut out for us when we try to run the ball against Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, Joe was very um, upfront after the game. He said, "You know what? I, I didn't play that well. I, I, I'm going to play a lot better yeah. in this in this next game. I missed some throws I don't miss. He's still pretty darn good. I mean, <laughs> Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. I'll take Joe Burrow's worst game that you can even imagine, and I'll go out and I'll say, I'm still going to line up and compete with you right here. <laughs> There's no question about that. Yeah, is is it almost a not a perfect world, but is it a you won the football game? But, you know, particularly in the second half, it didn't go well. There were five three and outs and eight possessions, and there was a turnover and a stop on fourth down. I mean, never really got into the rhythm and, and flow. So there are things to work on, and you still won the football game, but it's like, okay, well, nobody's going to sit back and get fat and happy about it. You know, there's still work to be done. Is that as good a scenario as you can think? Yeah, I think our guys are always wired that way, though, even if even if we've, you know, we, we won eight straight games, and, and even after some of these wins, it's, guys come back into work and, and we treat, uh, we do our best to treat both, you know, wins and losses about the same and you yep. make the same critiques and corrections. Uh, you don't overreact to wins or losses either way. Uh, and you just, you find the things where you can be better. You find the things that you can improve for the next week and you just, you go out and uh, repeat the process. You know, our, our, we're still very much process driven, trying to make things, do things the right way all the time, whether it's a win or a loss, uh, be critical in wins, be, critical and losses how you know but at that i think our guys walk in the building on a monday and know what to expect and, and know how it's going to look uh from a critique standpoint so um it's always better to win and critique than it is to lose and critique and try to get better but um yeah thankfully we we, we got we got the win and the win won the game and now we have a chance to make our corrections and, and go out and do it again coach the other thing against a team like this a defense like this and in the playoffs is ball security. I mean, you guys, 18 giveaways on the season, 18 giveaways in 16 games, fourth in the National Football League. That, that's getting it done. I mean, that's taking care of the football. That's going to be paramount now, isn't it? Uh, that's what wins and loses games. You know, it's it's a tried and true 
statistic that proves, you know, year in and year out that if you're plus ratio and the turnover margin, you're going to win a lot more games than you lose. Um, and then you're going to put yourself in position to win games if you're protecting it really well. And I think that Joe does a great job with his decision-making. He doesn't put the ball in harm's way very often. Uh, I would say most of his interceptions in the second half of the year have been you know, outside of probably one or two have been pretty fluky. Yep. Um, and, and our, and our guys that carry the ball do pretty, pretty dang good job of, of securing it the right way. And it's something that we talk about. Uh, we emphasize, we watch every Wednesday, just Justin Hill does is all about the ball presentation. And um, we get a chance to see all the good and bad from around the league. And our guys always know that they don't want to be the one showing up on that tape. So um, we do, those, our guys do a great job. It's a, it's a focal point. It's, it's what wins and loses games. And um, they, they take it very seriously and very, very proud of the fact that, you know, we're, we're at that point in the league where uh, we're one of the top five teams in, in turnover margin. Only 10 fumbles on the season. Put it on the ground 10 times, fewest in the league. Five of them are lost, if not the fewest, amongst the fewest in the National Football League to what you were talking about. Final question, Coach. Yep. And really appreciate you uh, spending the time with you. Have. Your dad, as we talked about, Bill Callahan, great football coach. He's in the division up, up in Cleveland. His son is playing in the wild card playoff game against the Baltimore Ravens. Both the Bengals and the Browns hate the Ravens. You're going to give him a call and say, hey, Dad, you know, anything that you know that worked really well or anything, any advice, anything we can talk about here, Dad? What's the deal? I mean, I'm not going to say I won't do that, but um, <laughs> I hear you. You know, it, it's a lot of, you know, they put a lot of stuff on tape. They beat them the last time they, they played them. Right. Uh, and helped us tremendously, which was appreciated. But yep. um, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 a, that's a resource that I have at my disposal. And I don't think that there's any love lost between, you know, the Ravens and everybody else in the division. So um, I'd be happy to, to look for advice where I can find it. Coach, congratulations. Winning the AFC North two years in a row. Thank you. No easy task. Big time mm -hmm. accomplishment. And thank you for everything. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Lap. At First Star Logistics, we're a very strict company that really puts the pressure on our employees. <laughs> Brakes? What are those? That's what I'm talking about, Icky. Get the body right, then the mind's right. You yeah. know, you know, gotta get that body right. That's right. right. Yes, sir. Become a star with a chance to earn the highest commission percentages in the industry as a freight broker agent. Check out FirstStarLogistics.com.